We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Preborn. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection. And the majority of the time, she'll choose life. But they can't do it without our help. Preborn needs us, the pro-life community, to come alongside them. One ultrasound is just $28. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or visit preborn.com. The Bible, it's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, as we open up Judges again today on Exploring the Word, this is Alex McFarland along with Bert Harper, and we're going to get back to Judges. But, Bert, as we begin the um, program, I want to pray for Texas yes. and the fire down there. And uh, I know it is just tragic in the panhandle, and uh, I've been out there to preach, just some wonderful, wonderful brothers and sisters out there. But... Um, and I know the fire is near a nuclear plant, and uh, there's just over a million acres that have been consumed. But um, I've just really had it on my heart today, and, and I want us to begin by praying for that. Can we? We sure should, and let's, let's pray for them. Uh, this is devastating, not just for livelihoods, but housing, you know? And yeah. uh, yes, it's wide open spaces there. But that wide open space is occupied by some great, great people. So, Alex, thank you for thinking of that, and let's pray for them. Go ahead, brother. Yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come and we begin our Bible study today. Lord, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that you are on your throne, and you are a sovereign God, and we can call out to you, and we do right now. And Lord, there's so many needs in the world, so many things in our nation, but Lord, we especially, in the name of Jesus, we want to intercede for Texas. And Lord, Father God, I pray that you will miraculously stop that fire, send rain, uh, enable the firefighters to uh, put water on it. But, Lord, would you just speak the word and make that fire go out? And, Lord, uh, I, I can't begin to imagine the pain and the heartbreak of the people that have lost property and lost homes. And um, I know there have been at least one or more fatalities. And then, of course, there's the issue of the fire near that nuclear facility. So, Lord, we need you. Um, and just like our, our, our culture and our world teeters on the brink of, of so many disasters, Lord, we lift up Texas and Oklahoma, the panhandle, help those dear people, and Lord, manifest yourself to these people and intervene to stop this fire and minimize the loss of life and property. We, we lift them up to you, and we look to you for help and intervention. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen, Alex. Thank you for that. And those people out there in Texas, we do have people that listen. We are praying for you. So uh, we ask not only that you pray during this time, but with, write their name down, say, you know, Texas Panhandle, fire, and pray for that. And Alex did a great job in, in voicing our desire that that fire come to an end. So we want to do that. Also, Alex, it's a special day. It's Leap Year Day. Uh, well, do you know, uh, I, I wasn't going to say this, but I was supposed to be born on a February 29th, 
Really? It, and uh, <laughs> my mom said that she just prayed I wouldn't be born on February 29th, and I wasn't. Um, right. I, I lasted a little bit longer. But yes, it is. This is one of those unusual years that it's a leap year, isn't it? It is. And every four years, it comes around our middle son, Matthew. He was born two days before, but the doctor told Jan, said, Oh, I thought you would be my leap year mama, and Matthew would be the leap year baby. And, uh, but anyway, but it, anyway, those of you that have birthdays today, uh, enjoy. Happy birthday. Yeah, they have to move theirs either to the 28th or the first three years, but on the every fourth year, they get to celebrate this day as their birthday, actual birthday. So, Alex, let's finish chapter 12 with three judges that uh, continued doing what Jephthah had started. Uh, they've got some unusual name, but it's interesting where they're from. Bethlehem, Zebulon, and and, and then uh, the the guy that's from Israel, he judged Israel. These guys, Abazan, uh, Elon, and Abaddon, these people God used, notice, seven years, that one, and ten years, and, and then eight years. Theirs was kind of shorter, but God used these men. Sometimes God uses men for a long time, but sometimes people are used uh, for a task for a short time. Just be ready to be used of the Lord, no matter the timing or what. I think that's good advice for believers. Well, that's true. And listen, you know, as you and I have quoted Vance Havner, he said, people pray, God, use me, but we might well pray, God, make me usable. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we, we want to be used by God, and these people were. And it ends up, chapter 12, there's kind of like this list. You know, Bert, sometimes in the Old Testament, whether there are the begats or some of the genealogies or here in Judges 12, some of the list of kings, um, there this long list, for one thing, the Jewish people were meticulous about record-keeping. One of the things that enables us to know about the ancient world, and certainly know about the biblical world, is that the Jewish people were meticulous about their history. But there are a lot of significant names in here. Uh, and let me, let me read these. The king of Jericho won, the king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, won, the king of Jerusalem one, the king of Hebron, and uh, we I see a lot of familiar names in here, the king of Eglon and Kedesh, uh, the king of Dor in the coast of Dor, the king of the nations of Gilgal, the king Tirzah one, all the kings 31, uh, that these were on the west side of the Jordan, and these were places where children of Israel went and God gave them, ultimately, uh, victory over the Hittites and Amorites and all of these kings. Okay. So what do we do in Judges in 13? We're introduced to the last judge of the book of Judges. Now, he covers four chapters. He covers more chapters than any one character. But it doesn't end with him. It goes on. And let me just share with you. It goes downhill after Samson, and uh, we'll we'll get yeah. to that. But chapter thirteen, I love this. I think we're talking to two people, uh, Samson's parents, who really loved the Lord, 
and they trusted the Lord, we do not have them doubting what God is sharing with them through the angel of the Lord about this miraculous birth that's going to take place. But this is another miraculous birth. Abraham and Sarah, uh, you, we find out, you know, was miraculous here with Manoah and his wife, uh, Hannah and her husband. And again, these are miraculous births that God has purpose for them, isn't it? Well, absolutely, absolutely. Well, God has purpose for everything. You know, the Lord doesn't ever do anything uh, haphazardly or randomly, does he? He does but not. Let me let me read a little bit of this, and I just think it's so exciting what God is doing. It says, And the children of Israel uh, did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but you will conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Bert, um, you and I have talked about this before, the difference between a Nazarene and a Nazarite vow. And Samson was uh, under a Nazarite uh, code of life, wasn't he? Not, not a Nazarene necessarily, but he was committed to a Nazarite vow. Nazarene was somebody from Nazareth, Jesus the Nazarene. Uh, he wasn't a Nazarite. Uh, he was a Nazarene. And John the Baptist, he had those tendency Nazarite for life, but Jesus did not, uh, you know. And so here we find uh, introduction to Samson. But this introduction is God telling him that you are, your son is set aside for special service. Now, whether that son would do that or not, we'll find out a little bit. But notice what was said. The same requirement for the Nazarite son was put upon Manoah's wife before uh, Samson would be born. She was not to do that. She was to be careful not to drink wine and not to eat any unclean thing. So she had restrictions on what she would do during this nine months as well, Alex. And so we find this introduction to these two great people. So what happened? The woman verse 6, came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God, very awesome, but I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine, nor similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for your child shall be a Nazarite of God from the womb to the day of his death. Now the reason that the angel of the Lord did not have to tell his uh, mother, Samson's mother, about a Nazarite. That was taught in the Scriptures. And these two people seem to have a knowledge of the Scriptures and their trust in God. So she goes and shares this with her husband immediately. Alex, there doesn't seem to be any doubt or any lack of faith on either one of their parts concerning. They're not saying 
uh, you know, this can't be. We're too old. This can't be. No, they're just wanting to have the confirmation. Amen. You know, um, this would be a good Bible question. Uh, what do these couples have in common? Abraham and Sarah, Elizabeth and uh, Zacharias, and then, uh, you know, Manoah and Samson's parents. They're, they're just a few of the examples. I think about Samuel's parents, but uh, where God, in answer to prayer, miraculously sent a child. But you're right. They, they have strong faith and uh, they believe God, and so uh, they conceive, and they're going to have a child. And verse 13, the angel of the Lord said unto to Manoah, of all that I said unto thee, to the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor any unclean thing. All that I command her, let her observe. Bert, uh, we know now that uh, a woman carrying a child should not drink alcohol. And this is an example. I know it might not sound significant to us, but this is an example where the Word of God is way ahead. People, it would be centuries before people really understood this. And this was a Nazarite vow, and I realized this was spiritual. But a, but a woman carrying a child shouldn't drink alcohol. And Manoah gets this. But... Um, She says, you know, it's going to be as you say. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Thou, though you detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. Um, You know, it's funny. This is an angelic encounter, and Manoah doesn't fully comprehend it, does he? He does not. But he had prayed. Look back, if you would, in verse 8. Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do. The Lord answered that prayer. He responded. Manoah responds positively. His wife does as well. And now they're wanting to feed this man, uh, this angel of the Lord, But he says, no, we're going to offer it to the Lord. He's the one that you need to honor and worship. And we're going to come back in just a moment, and we're going to look further into this birth of Samson. It is miraculous. If you're like most of us, you're paying way too much for health care. That's why I want to tell you about a ministry that has been meeting the health care needs of hundreds and thousands of Christians, and that's Christian Health Care Ministries chministries.org. Christian Healthcare Ministries is cost-sharing made easy. For over 40 years, this unique model has allowed believers to choose their own doctors without worrying about networks or waiting periods, since they're not an insurance, but a faith-based alternative to insurance. Members not only get advantages from the affordability, flexibility, and reliability of CHM, but they also receive access to 24-7 telehealth services at no additional cost. It's no surprise that doctors across the country appreciate working with CHM, and so will you. It all starts with a visit to chministries.org slash AFR. That's chministries.org slash AFR. Christian Healthcare Ministries is the longest-serving health share ministry serving all 50 states. Share the good news with a friend, too. chministries.com slash AFR. Make the switch today 
with any time enrollment. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Birdie and Alex with you. We're in the book of Judges. We're looking at the birth of, of Samson, a man. Uh, you know, he's a puzzle. Uh, I, I forgot the exact quote that Winston Churchill started about. It's a puzzle mixed up with a mystery wrapped up in enigma. Uh, I, I think Samson would qualify for this guy uh, with that quote because Listen, God used him, but it 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 was very very difficult. So let's let's dig in, Alex. And again, we find out the angel of the Lord uh, they they offer him food. He says, "I'll not eat that food, but I want to tell you, we'll offer it up as a sacrifice." And of all things, when the smoke starts rising, the angel of the Lord rises with them. And they realize this is more than just a prophet. This is more than just the man of God. This was God himself. Alex, that was wide opening for them as well. Well, verse 18, Bert, did you camp out on verse 18 a little bit? I did. It is wonderful. Let me just set that up. It is wonderful. Let's see what that go uh, refers to. Go ahead, Alex. Well, that also uh, harmonizes with Isaiah nine six, doesn't it? It, it does. That's it, the first thing I thought about. Yes. If for unto us a child is born, a son is given. His name will be called Wonderful. Now, in the King James, you know, Manoah says, "What is your name that when all these things come to pass, we may do you honor?" And the angel of the Lord said unto him, "Why do you ask after my name?" King James says, seeing it is secret. But really, in the Hebrew, it's the word wonderful, isn't it? It is. In the New King James Version that I, I use and read from, it it translates it just exactly. Wonderful. It is wonderful. It was wonderful. He is wonderful. And uh, you can't help but make that connection. And uh, so, so Manoah took the young goat with a grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. And as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, it happened that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. Alex, again, they are overcome. They've been talking with a messenger from God. They knew as a man of God, that's what they referred to. But this, some people think it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, again... And I, I think it is myself I now. I do as well. In the book of Judges, there are several um, what we call Christophanies, maybe even... Now, a theophany is an Old Testament appearance of God. A Christophany is an Old Testament, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus. Uh, Judges 2, Judges 6, Judges 13 here and maybe also Judges 5, but they talk about the angel of the Lord coming, and Bert, I I do think it's a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Christ. I agree, and the wonderful part of it that we referred to in verse 18, I think, lends to that. 
and and it goes with that. Now, what is what is their reaction? Now, this is this is great. When the angel of the Lord appeared to uh, no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah <laughs> said to his wife, "We shall surely die because we have seen God." Wow, yeah. that was wow. his reaction: uh, humility, fear, uh, but a little bit misunderstanding and his wife has to help him along alex well praise god for wives who have bold faith but his wife said unto him if the lord were pleased to kill us he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands neither would he have shown us all these things nor would he have at the same time told us such things as these in other words uh she's saying look if if we were going to die uh that would have happened already we, we talked with God. We made a sacrifice. He told us things. So clearly, um, you know, God blessed us. He wasn't going to execute us. And the woman bare a son, called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. So uh, the miraculous birth of Samson... And, Bert, I guess I've said this a lot of times, and and I, I suppose there was movies made about Samson, but if ever something would have made a an action-packed movie, it's the life of Samson, isn't it? It really is. Now, I do want to go back to verse 24 because this is action-packed. These four chapters are action-packed. You, you just you read from one, you go to the other. But the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. I want to share this with you. Uh, with all my heart, I believe he 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 grew up correctly. He uh, his parents, uh, there no doubt they had told him of this miraculous story of 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 his announcement, his his birth, and everything. And he the Lord blessed him. And sometimes, and this is I'm saying this in preview of chapter 14. Sometimes Alex, those of people who are raised in godly homes, they presume upon the blessing of the Lord, okay? Uh, yeah. and, and I think Samson was one of those. He knew he was blessed, but he presumed upon it, uh, not not fulfilling the Lord's purpose, but kind of taking advantage of it for his own desires. And we'll get to that, but I, that just hit me. He grew, the child grew, and God blessed him. And Amen. uh Listen, when the God, if you're in that camp, those of you who are listening, and you're in that camp that you were blessed to be in a home with a godly parents that love you, cared for you, shared with you, I want to just tell you, take full advantage of it, not in doing what you want, but, but fulfill God's purpose in your life. Uh, what a blessing it was for me to have godly parents and for God to do a work and bless me. I pray you'd do that on many who are listening today, Alex. Well, amen, amen. Uh, Samson uh, is a godly person, despite all the foibles, and there are many, but um, he's in Hebrews 11.32, isn't he? He's in the Faith Hall of Fame, and he goes down to Timnah, Timnath and sees a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines, okay? And he came and told his father and mother, I have found the girl I want to marry. Basically, hasn't he? <laughs> That's what he says. And, 
His godly father and mother, in verse 3 of chapter 14, says, Is there not a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, of all thy people that you go? And why are you wanting to marry an uncircumcised Philistine, I mean, a, a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. You know, Augustine warned us, uh, the heart wants what it wants, you know? Uh, but... Uh, okay, Alex, I think he is... Me. Well, yeah. that's that's not a good litmus test for the, the will of God for your life, is it? It is not. Now, I, I think, let me give you my thought on this, and Alex disagree. You know, Jewish girls were well, let me see, dressed well. They, they dressed appropriately uh, with modesty. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it, and I know this is not popular anywhere today, but the Philistine f- females, they were not quite as cautious in their dress. And uh, that intrigued Samson, I believe, <clears throat> because of all the women that he is dealing with in the next three chapters, every one of them has that issue with him, and he has an issue. He could defeat the Philistines, but he could not defeat a woman's tears and a woman's, uh, you know, I, I would Emotional say. Emotional manipulation. Yes, that's the perfect term. And so here it is. She pleases me well. Here's the question that if you're a young person and you're listening, you're in a car with your mom or your dad or grandparents and you're listening and have to be listen, listen. It's not whether it pleases you. Does this please the Lord? Does Amen. this please the Lord? That's what you first want to do. It may not be all that you thought it'd be, but in the ultimate thing of life, it will please and be good for you to follow the Lord always. It will be for your good, won't it, Alex? Yeah. You know, um, Angie and I have counseled people over the years, and uh, uh, we've counseled couples that, you know, it, it was not a match made in heaven. And I, let me just say this, and I won't belabor the point, but the best favor you could ever do yourself, folks, is in your decision-making processes of life, in your priorities, in the plans that you make for yourself, the best favor you could ever do yourself is to make sure it's godly. Seek first the kingdom of God, the will of God. By, by the way, Bert, um, the, the area where Samson lived, uh, Timnah, the, the tomb of Dan and the tomb of Samson, you know, later on it's going to say that he, uh, after he died in a Philistine temple, you know, Samson pushed the columns down. Um, it says his family buried him in the tomb of his father Manoah between Zorah and Eshtaol. And this has been excavated by archaeologists in the Jewish Bureau of Antiquities. This is well authenticated where Samson lived and served. And if you ever go to Israel, um, if you choose to see this, you can see where all of these things took place, like in Judges 14. But his father and mother, verse 4, knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Samson went down as father and his mother went to Timnath. And by the way, let me just say this. There are times it talks about Samson going down to Timnath, and then there's a verse or two where it talks about him going up and people have wondered what that's about. Well, it's a very up-and-down, hilly place. 
they're, they're, and, and again, archaeologists have uncovered this. There are parts of this region where you have to go up a hill. There are parts of Timnath where you have to go down a hill. And they're, to this day, they've excavated vineyards there, and uh, just like the Bible says. Verse 6. Alex, before, before we go any further, I know I'm interrupting, excuse me, but no. his father and mother did not know that it was the Lord. The Lord used even this. It's not that this was uh, orchestrated by the Lord. It is the Lord using Samson in spite of his choices. Now, I, I found that amazing, okay? I, I looked at that on yeah. two or three different places and sources, trying to look at that phrase because I knew people say, okay, God is in this. God takes what is given and uses it for him to help. And so don't think, okay, God was in this, him him going to Philistine. He should have listened to the advice of his parents, but God yeah. used this even in his life. Go ahead, brother. Well, Psalm 7610 says, even the, the wrath of man will praise you. And we often in the New Testament, we love uh, Romans 828, but God can take anything and turn it into something good. Now, we'll save ourselves a lot of heartache if we'll do things God's way the first time, but God is so powerful, even our, our less than ideal decisions or outright disobedience, if we allow him to, God can turn it back to the good. But he's going to Timnath, and he's going through these vineyards that are very famous for that region. Well, Alex, young... I'm going to interrupt you one more time, I, I, okay. I, and I'm apologizing ahead of time. That's is he right. supposed to be going through? Is he should he avoided going through the vineyards? Should he have gone another way with him being a Nazarite? Grapes yes, hanging great. everywhere. I am so glad you pointed this out. Listen, he's not supposed to be around <laughs> the fruit of the vine anyway, is he? He is not. He is. Uh, listen, he is just going his own way. That prayer that said, "Lead me not into temptation." Uh, yeah. This is where it is, Lord. It has the idea of us putting ourselves in a place of temptation or even disobedience in this case. So anyway, yeah. I wanted to just throw that in. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. so glad you said that. And look, you know, I mentioned he's in Hebrews eleven thirty-two. Well, Hebrews twelve one and two says, "Avoid the your besetting sin." Um, if you've got a problem with alcohol, stay out of the bars. Amen. You know, Amen. I, I mean, if if you've got a problem with lust. Uh, don't look at inappropriate material, and you ought not look at inappropriate material anyway. But, Bert, I'm glad you brought that out. Why is he in the vineyards? But a young lion roars out. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson, verse 6, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, just a, a little little goat, and he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or mother what he had done. Bert, you get the uh, impression, it's true, just with his bare hands, uh, a supernatural strength comes yeah. upon Samson. It is. Verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Uh, and sometimes people speak when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them. Sometimes they can do great things. And here his strength is based upon his the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him. Now, I hadn't cut his hair but the strength is not in his hair. The strength is in the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him. And I got a feeling why he didn't tell his father and mother is because where it happened. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they would hold exactly. him. They would hold him accountable. What were you doing there in the first place, man? And so, um, yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, mom and dad, I was in Sin City, but guess how the Lord blessed me while I was there? Yeah, yes, yeah. So anyway, and he went down and talked with a woman, and she pleased Samson well. Now this is the second time that we've heard that kind of phrase. She pleased him well. Alex, time's running out, but we just got to be careful with that. Uh, Young people, study, study concerning Samson's life. What pleased him did not do him well. Well, we're going to take up here tomorrow so you can read ahead. But now it's time to take phone calls, Alex, and that number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. If you have a Bible question, Alex and I would love to hear from you today on Exploring the Word. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Amen. Some of these bumper music, Alex, I need to get to a place and stop. I love that one. Man, isn't it awesome to have your sins forgiven, Alex? Amen. That is the peace that passes all understanding, isn't it? It really does. And those of you who are listening, if you've never come to that place in your life when you realize that you cannot save yourself, you can't be good enough, you can't give enough, you can't go enough, It is by grace through faith, and you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you haven't done that, I pray you would turn from your way. Surrender to him as you turn away from your way. It's called repentance, and turn to God and ask him to be Lord of your life. If you need help with that, I'm going to give you another number. Now, this is not the number to call for our questions, but this is a number you can call, 888-NEED-HIM. There are some people there that will talk with you, they'll pray with you, and help you to come to the realization of knowing Jesus as Savior. That's that's one of the things Exploring the Word is all about. It's helping Christians grow, but it's also helping people to know Christ as Savior. Well, Alex, Amen. where's our first place we go today? Well, we're going to go to Georgia, and we're going to speak with Emily in Georgia. Emily, thanks for holding, and welcome to the program. Hey, Hey, thank you for listening. Yes, sir. Um, My question today is, I've read that he says, remember the Sabbath day. Remember that this is the Sabbath day. So my question is, why do we worship on Sunday and not on Saturday, the Sabbath day? That's just something I'm wondering. Great question, Emily. Uh, We've had that question several times, Alex, and people need to know that. Let me ask you one thing. And I want to say two words, and then you take it away, Alex. Creation, the Sabbath day, you know, the seventh day, and then redemption, the first day yeah. of the week. Tell us that, about it. Well, that they really do. You know, Emily, it's been said that all of God's work could be put under, uh, you know, one of two great headings, God's great work of creation, God's great work of redemption. Now, the early church, within weeks of the cross, 
just within a historians tell us within a few short weeks, four to six weeks after the cross, Christians were worshiping on Sunday morning because that was resurrection day. Now the Sabbath, remember God created in six days and and rested. And so the Sabbath, you know, in Exodus 20, verse 8, when it says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, the word the remember there means to, to bring to mind or to, uh, you know, acknowledge. And, and we certainly do, but the, the Christian church, and they, the first Christians were Jews, and there are many Jews today. We worship on Sunday as the church has done for 2,000 years because that is the day that our Lord conquered death and every believer, they too will conquer death. Bert, that's exciting, isn't it? It really is, and it wasn't changed by some council. Uh, it In the early church, in the book of Acts, even in the book of Corinthians, Paul would write and says, when you gather together on the first day of the week, gather that money. I'm coming to get it, to take it to the believers in Jerusalem. So like yeah. you said, it was early on. And, and Emily, that's why, uh, yes, praise the Lord for creation, but praise God for redemption. He has saved Amen. us, and we, and it only happened through the power of the resurrection. Philip in Texas. Uh, Philip, I, I want to hear your question, but I've got to ask you, do you know anything about the, the fires, Philip, there in your state? Yes, sir, I sure do. Um, it's, uh, I'm down south, uh, about the middle of Texas, as far as uh, San Angelo, Texas, and so that's about three, four hours away from where I'm at. But I do know that almost a million acres have been burned, and uh, one fatality, and then uh, several people. The whole uh, city of Amarillo, I believe, has been evacuated. From what I hear. Oh man! Yes, sir. Really? Oh my word! Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. know, yes, I've sir. been out uh, there to preach. Definitely need at, prayers. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And I know we have a lot of listeners in Amarillo, and folks. Um, I feel so helpless, but all I can say is we, we're praying for you, we love you, and we are lifting Texas up to the Lord, aren't we, Bert? We really are. Philip, we are. Just yes, make sure you know that. You have a question for us today, brother? Yes, sir. I've got a question. Um, I, I, I sin just like everybody else does, um, unfortunately, and I, I try and you know apologize every night in my prayers and every day throughout my day as far as you know uh, falling short of the mark, but I, I'd like to indulge in a beer here and there as far as, you know, having a beer. Um, uh, is it wrong to do that? Okay. The 11th commandment is thou shalt not drink alcohol, and I'm not having fun with that, but it, it does not. But the book of Proverbs tells us something about it, and, uh, and yet you have take a little wine for thy stomach's sake that Paul told Timothy for thy what? Often infirmities, not to enjoy, but for your sickness. Uh, I'll put it this way. The Bible does not say you shall not drink alcohol, but it warns against the misuse of it and even uh, starting it. Go ahead, Alex. Well, Philip, I applaud you because I just, I can tell in your voice that you, that you want to do the right thing. Um, and this is going to be something that, um, you know, I'm not going to be legalistic about it. I think that everybody has to settle it in their own mind. But I will say just some of the pragmatic, practical questions. Ma Bert, Max Licato, and I think everybody would know that name, 
somebody asked past when he was pastoring, you know, what about this? And he said, well, will it make you more Christ-like? Will it make you have, you know, more consistent Christian behavior? Could it compromise your Christian behavior? And, you know, just even the asking of those questions, I think, will give you an answer, really. So um, I will say this, if you feel a hesitancy in your spirit about it, that's your answer too, Bert. You know, the Bible says whatever is not of faith is of sin. Um, So I'm not going to lay a hard and fast rule in the sand, but i got to tell you, for the Christian who's serious about um, following Christ, I really think there's there's more to argue against it than for it, Bert. I agree. It's wisdom. On, and let me just share with you now, a little testimony. If if everybody could see what it had done in families that I have seen pastoring, uh, pastoring 38, 39 years, and then interim and all these since then, anyway, close to, uh, you know, uh, 50 years in the ministry, close to 50 years in the ministry, if you could see all the damage that alcohol has done in people's lives, I want to tell you, you would want to say, I stay away from that. That's 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 what I'll say, Alex. Well, well Philip, thanks for that question. Um, Kevin in Arkansas, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I uh, listen to you every day going home from work. Uh, oh, God my bless question's you. kind of a what if. <laughs> Thank you. My question is kind of a what if question about Adam and Eve and the uh, fruit of knowledge, good and evil. The Bible, if you read it, says that uh, after Adam ate of the tree, that then their eyes were opened and they saw that they were naked. And I always questioned that. My dad told me that had Adam not ate of the apple, there's a good chance we would not be where we are today. So my question is, if Adam had stood up and said, no, we're not supposed to eat of that, stop, would we still be in the garden, and would Eve have made it, since she did eat of it? Okay. (laughs) Great, great, great question. It really is. And, uh, Kevin, I want to tell you, uh, if it is, what if? And, And the question comes, we know what if both of them had not eaten. We know that, you know? Uh, they were made to live. The day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. In other words, if you don't eat of this fruit, what? You live in a paradise, great place. But, Alex, we know what happens because both of them made it. Yeah. But the question and about is... one and the other, uh, it's not. I don't know if there's an answer to it. There's always possibilities, I guess. Go ahead. Well, th- this is what's called a counterfactual. And counterfactuals are fun to think about. Bert, I've often thought about on Palm Sunday, what if the Pharisees, Sadducees, the Jewish nation really, really received Jesus on Palm Sunday? What would have happened? You know, in let me let me just say though, in Genesis three six, Eve took of the apple and did eat. She gave unto Adam and he did also eat. So they were equally complicit. They were equally guilty. Now, um, Somebody asked the question, what if Adam reached for that apple and he couldn't quite reach it, but he was straining to, to grab that apple, but it was too tall up in the tree and he couldn't get it? Would there have still been sin? I think so, because whether or not he physically reached for the apple, in his heart, 
there was disobedience, wasn't there, Bert? There really was, and he was there. Uh, it, it didn't say Eve had to run him down to give him a. <laughs> it sounded like Amen. She, it sounded Amen. like she turned and let him take it too. So he was there. He was complicit. So Kevin, I, the answer the the question you have uh, is unanswerable completely. I'll put it that way. We don't know, uh, but sin did enter the world, and I got a feeling. Uh, Adam and Eve was, as you said, complicit in it, Alex. You know, sin entered the world, but so did a Savior. Praise God. Who overcame sin and death. Amen. Uh, Virginia, Tim in Virginia, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, God bless you guys. I just enjoy listening to you most days. I'm driving on the road quite a bit. I, I appreciate you all. I pray that God will just give you some of that extra spirit that he gave Samson you were talking about. He'll just uh you you all do supernatural things. You you're you're a blessing to many, so I appreciate you. Thank you, Tim. God um, bless you. I uh will just give a quick comment to Philip in, in Texas concerning alcohol. Um I know firsthand it's a it's it's a deceiver. It's an arm of Satan Alcohol will, uh, well, it, it's, it deceives you, and that's one of the tools that, that the chief means of Satan's uh, against us is to deceive us. And uh, you'll have a, a drink, and then you'll, you'll, uh, you'll want more, and then uh, if you were only drinking on the weekends, suddenly it'll be Monday, and you'll be like, man, I... I wish I want to feel like I did on the weekend. So you start doing it Monday and then Tuesday, and the next thing you know, it's uh, it's got you. It's it happens to a lot of people, and and it uh, so it's 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 not a good thing. Uh, so I, Philip, if you're still listening, I, I hope that helps. Now I just had a a, a question. Uh, now the Bible says that, uh, of course, the Abraham's two sons, Isaac and Ishmael, and uh, my goodness, uh, I, all the consternation down through the years that uh, that, that unfortunate uh, relationship caused. Uh, it's 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 just the way it's been for centuries. But my my question is concerning uh, both Isaac and Ishmael. Are considered the seed of Abraham, I, I would I would think, I, and I know I'm not questioning whether uh, Israel's got the. It, I I wish I'd have had better time to think this out and frame it. But hey, Tim, let me. It the, was Jacob, uh, you know, uh, you know Isaac had the son, you know, and uh, yes, Isaac, Jacob, and. Uh, Ishmael, Alex, uh, uh, excuse me, Alex, Esau, mm-hmm. Alex, uh, hear what it is. Uh, Tim, listen carefully, and Alex, you expand. The reason I interrupted because so Alex would have more time to explain it. It's the son of promise. Keep yeah. that in mind, Tim. When you start reading all of this, read that. The, the son of the seed of promise. It has a lot to do with understanding it, doesn't it, Alex? Yeah. You know, Abraham bore children with uh, Hagar, Sarah, and Keturah. 
Right. Eight kids. As far as we know, they were all sons. Ishmael, Isaac. Uh, of course, Isaac was Sarah, and through the line of Isaac, the Lord Jesus would come. And then six sons with Keturah. And Bert, that's one of the things I, I think you've got to know the Bible to actually even understand history. I want to try to get one more question in. Ryan in Texas, if you could go somewhat quickly, Ryan, but I wanted to get your question in too, sir. Hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted, I'm up here in Amarillo. Uh, Philip called. Amarillo's open. Uh, fires are still going. Praise we got a little moisture this morning, so uh, Amen. there's still a lot of land burning. Uh, I think every, I think all the little communities around here are uh, everybody's back at home. If they didn't lose, there was a there was a fatality uh, up there in Fridge, uh, but I think every, every all the little towns are open. My question is, uh, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, all things in moderation. Uh, to me, that just seems kind of wild with with, with drugs and uh, you know a lot of other illicit stuff that can be. Taken, you know, that taken out of context. Can y'all touch on that? Go ahead, Alex. Well, drugs are illegal, and so uh, legal things. But you know, it. Bert, have you ever seen the question? Is it legal? Is it moral? Is it fair to all concerned? Is it beneficial? Remember, we're not owners, but we're stewards, aren't we, Bert? We really are. And, and if you'll read, listen, those of you wondering about alcohol, read Proverbs twenty three twenty nine through thirty five. It tells you it's not wise. And uh, Proverbs 23, 29 through 35. Well, Alex, tomorrow is Fire Away Friday. You excited about that? All questions, all the hour tomorrow, Fire Away Friday. Please tune in to Exploring the Word. And if you would, tell somebody about the American Family Radio Network. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Each of these babies are truly miraculous, and every day Preborn celebrates 200 miracles. $28 a month can be the difference between the life and death of a child. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection that doubles a baby's chance at life. Let's join together and help mothers choose life. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com.